The first to come to be baptized tonight is Kaylee Kaufman. Hi, my name is Kaylee Kaufman, and I've been going to Grace Bible Church for 18 years. My testimony begins a lot like some of yours, I'm sure, where I've grown up in a Christian home with Christian parents who took me to church every Sunday. There was never really a time where I didn't know about God. As a kid, I had a very strong conscience. I didn't want to do anything wrong or do anything to make anyone upset with me. People-pleasing has been something I have always struggled with and wanting others to think I was just the good Christian girl was all I really cared about. In my elementary mind, life was pretty much about being good and trying not to be bad. As I got older, I started to realize that I couldn't just have my parents' faith. Being the good Christian girl started to become more of a desire to do good works ultimately for the Lord. I do not know the exact date or time when I truly was saved and repented from my sins, but as I look at my life, I can see how God is changing me and giving me a desire to love him more every day. Throughout middle school, God drew me to see my sin through the teaching of his word. As I began high school, I battled against being anxious and worrying about things that were not true. Sinful and untrue thoughts constantly filled my head, causing me to not sleep at nights. I worried about being sick, not knowing what my future was going to hold, and just life in general. Every day, I would worry about something different, and it would cause me to be sad and discouraged. One verse that has helped me through this is Philippians 4, 6-7, which says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I began to realize that worrying was a sin against God. I tried to rely on my own strength instead of trusting him in all of the unknown. Although I still struggle with being anxious, I am constantly reminded of his promises that he has a plan for my life. Another verse that comes to mind is Proverbs 19.21, which says, Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. I can rest in knowing that he already has a purpose for my life. Even though I was saved, I struggled with assurance. I remember constantly praying every night for God to save me. I felt guilty before I went to bed, thinking I did something that would cause me to lose my salvation. But after hearing a sermon on Wednesday night at Grace Bible Church about assurance, I finally felt like I could rest in knowing that my salvation and soul is safe and secure in him. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. I am constantly in need of a Savior, but by God's grace and his work on the cross, I don't have to wonder whether I am saved or not. My favorite life verse is 1 John 1, 9, which says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Throughout high school, I went to a sin camp in Illinois through our church every summer, which has been super beneficial for my walk with Christ, learning more and more about the importance of reading the Bible. In closing, I will never be perfect and will always struggle with these different sins, but I know that I am forgiven, loved, and chosen by the Lord. I am so thankful for those that have lived a godly example for me through their lives. The most comforting thought I can think of is being truly saved and knowing that I am God's child. I know I can trust him in the unknown. The Lord will continue to work in me every day, and I'm so thankful for what he has done in my life. Kaylee, it's because of your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ it is my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
The next to come is Haley Oswalt. Hello, my name is Haley Oswalt, and I'm here to testify what God has done for me. I was raised surrounded by Christianity at home, school, church, and family. I identified myself as a Christian because of a prayer I had prayed when I was three years old. My security was found in this prayer, my Christian family, and the fact that I was a good kid. My understanding of the gospel was that I was a sinner, Jesus had died on the cross, and because I had prayed a prayer, I was saved. I did not truly have an understanding of the gospel or a right view of my sin. I confessed I was a sinner but was blind to my sin, the greatness of it, and my true need for Christ. I was self-righteous and not convicted by my sin. In my early high school years, God started to work in my heart. I began pursuing a relationship with Christ by reading my Bible almost daily and spending time in prayer. Gradually, I was convicted by what I listened to, watched, etc., yet I still trusted my own self-righteousness. I still wanted to do what I wanted and often relied on Christian self-help books more than the Bible and did not have a true understanding of the gospel. Though I struggled with secret sin, I cared about my own image and wanted people to think I was perfect and had it all figured out, but I didn't. After graduating high school, I fell into continual sin that crushed my self-righteousness. I was devastated by my sin. I would confess the sin to God, but I would beat myself up for thinking it was more pleasing to him since I thought I needed to be punished for this sin, not accepting the forgiveness he offered in Christ. I also struggled with the fact that I had marred my good image. Through this time of grievous sin in my life, by God's grace, he began to teach me the gospel at a deeper level through biblical teachers and preachers. Over time, I began to understand, first, God's holiness. I was and second, that I was a sinner and without Christ, dead in my trespasses and sins, as it says in Ephesians 2.1. And also, as it says in Romans 3.10-12, through 12, that none is righteous, no, not one, no one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside, together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. And also, as it says in Romans 3.23, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And also third, that Christ had truly taken my place and bore my punishment of God's wrath poured out for my sin on the cross, as it says in 2 Corinthians 5.21. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Though this sin was finally not present in my life, I continued to live in shame and regret and trusting in my own works and image, but eventually he convicted me of holding on to my self-righteousness. I then confessed my self-righteousness to God and trusted in Christ's atoning work on my behalf. There is no true righteousness in myself, but Christ alone is righteous, and he clothes me in his righteousness. Titus 3.5 says, He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. And Ephesians 2.8-9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works that no one may boast. My hope is not found in my own works and righteousness, but is found in the person of Jesus Christ and his work on the cross. He is indeed my Savior. I thank him that he lived the perfect life that I could not live and died the death that I deserve so I can have a restored relationship with him and spend eternity with him. I no longer have to beat myself up for sin, for in 1 John 1, 9 it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
Though I still struggle with sin daily and at times I doubt, I trust not in my own self but in Christ who promises. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ, as it says in Philippians 1.6. I am now seeking to obey the Lord's command to be baptized as a symbol of my new life in Christ and my desire to follow him. Haley, it is because of your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that it is my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Next is Aaliyah Rich. Hey, I'm Aaliyah Rich, and I'm in eighth grade. My family has been attending Grace since I was around two. My story starts like everyone else's with Romans 3.10. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. I am a sinner, and I wasn't an exception to that verse. I was headed for death, as Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. I am truly unsure of the exact date when I was saved, but I know that before, those two verses heavily applied to me. Yet the story didn't end there because of two words in Romans 5.8. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for me even when I hated him and even when it was my sin that held him up on the cross. He pardoned me and gave me the righteousness that I could never attain on my own. Even though I don't remember the date or time of my salvation, I can realize with a better understanding now that it's not about me. I was in the domain of darkness and I was working for the antagonist. Not only that, but I was one of the bad guys. Now, though, I can say that Romans 8, 1 applies to me. There is therefore no condemnation in them which are in Jesus Christ, and walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. I place my faith in Jesus. As the hymn says, I surrender all. Because of salvation and because of trusting in God, I have assurance that whatever happens, it's going to be okay. I don't need to fear. If there is a car accident, the worst thing that could happen to me would be death. Then I'd get to go home and see Jesus' face. Because of Jesus, I can love like I never loved before. I can forgive like never before. I don't need to worry about the future. I can trust the one who holds it. Now it's not, I don't know if I can make it through the storm. It's, I trust that he will bring me through the storm because he made it. I'm standing here to be baptized, not because water saves me, but because it's a command from the Lord. Not only that, but I want to show you that I'm no longer a slave to sin, but a daughter of Christ. Jesus died for me in public, and I'm not going to live for him in private. Aaliyah, it's because of your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that it's my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Next we have Jessa Ricker. My name is Jessa Ricker, for those of you who may not know me. I am so excited to be in front of you all tonight to share the work that Christ has done in me and in my life. It's truly amazing to see God work through his sovereign plan that I have chosen to be a part of. My life before Christ was difficult. I did not grow up in a Christian home. I never felt like there was any, anyone in my life that I could trust or be honest with about my sin 
or who I really was behind closed doors. All throughout school, I would lie to my friends to make my life seem better than it actually was because I wanted to fit in with my peers, but deep down, I knew their home lives looked very different than mine. I didn't feel loved by anyone. I knew that they were trying their best, but the more I tried to understand the things that people did to me, the more I hurt because I never understood why. Jesus gave me freedom from trying to comprehend why they hurt me through his grace and love. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. Ephesians 4.32. This sin of jealousy and bitterness caused me to resent my friends and family. I wanted to live a different reality. I felt so much pressure that maybe if I performed better, had better grades, or did more, that it would all be worth it. This was my flesh speaking, creating desires inside me to please everyone around me rather than working for God's kingdom. This sin later developed into anxiety and depression due to unmet expectations that no person or accomplishment could fill, except for Jesus. This stress and overworking myself continued all throughout high school and later into adulthood, until one day I pulled over right in front of the Soros' house. I was very angry and obviously upset, and he approached me and I began weeping. I had just moved out of my parents' house and I felt so lonely and lost. We were total strangers and I was pouring my heart out to him and his wife about how unloved I felt. Jim and his wife then brought me to the church and introduced me to core and girls' Bible study. But unfortunately, I didn't continue to pursue Christ after this. I didn't understand how to overcome my sin. I listened to the little voice inside my head saying that my sin was too big because how could God love me after the sins I committed? I didn't understand why Jesus wanted me when nobody else did. I felt silly asking simple questions to people my age. I felt inferior because I didn't have all the answers. That was my sinful pride speaking. I still felt like I didn't fit in with the girls at church, but since I had conviction, I couldn't fit in with my worldly friends either. And instead of running towards Christ, I ran away. I tried to fill this void in my heart with my friends, sports, boys, parties, and my job. I continued to rebel and come to core and girls' Bible study on and off for about a year until one day I finally had enough and ended up meeting with a girl from core to ask her about Jesus and what it really meant to be saved. I thought I deserved all the bad things that were happening to me, but my Jesus showed me what real love is and that I'm not defined by my pain or my sin and that his grace and love don't just run out. However, she remained true to the gospel and patient with me. We continued to meet, and I remember her asking me if I thought I was saved, and I said no as tears ran down my face because I knew if I wasn't saved, I would go to hell for eternity. Matthew 25, 46. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. God uses friendship in a funny way. Through this fellowship, he pulled me closer to him and showed me the love that I had never felt before with my old friends. He put people in my life to hold me accountable to him. The Lord persisted with us meeting week after week. I began to feel stronger desires to do what was right and not just to be an okay person, but to please my father. At this time, I still felt like no one around me understood me. The weight of my past sin felt so heavy I didn't know how to escape it until one evening I felt a strong desire to read my Bible. I had never felt this before. I usually just did it due to peer pressure. From then on, I couldn't get enough of the sweetness of his words. 
It was like a craving finally being satisfied. This had caused my heart. This had caused me to start walking in obedience, no longer quenching the Holy Spirit, but walking alongside my God. I felt so free. There was nothing but pure joy because I was being obedient to my father. I no longer had a desire to please man because I now had a faithful father that would not fail me. He knew exactly what I needed. Even when I didn't want him, he still chased after me. Lord, I will seek your face. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away. You have been my helper. Do not leave me or abandon me, God of my salvation. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord cares for me. Psalm 27. I sought the Lord, and he answered me and rescued me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant with joy. Their faces will never be ashamed. Psalm 34. My desires went from anxiety, bitterness, fear, depression, jealousy, and no hope, to repentance, walking in love, gentleness, compassion, humility, and patience, because my God is faithful and constantly proves to me what is true, and that is his love, discipline, and that slaying for his kingdom and giving up myself will never not be worth it. When I was living in sin, I lived a very impure life, and I want you to know if you're listening right now and you think that that's you, Jesus gave me freedom from my sin and fears. You're not tied to any sin, any person, or anything bigger than what God can handle. He is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Psalm 34, 18. I am a new creation in Christ, and I am so thankful for the joy and love that I have found in him. I no longer have to worry about when I'm going to sin again and in my weak attempts to hold myself up. Christ pulled me close to him no matter how far I tried to run. I am made new, white as snow, by Jesus through his sacrifice. I am here today sharing my testimony and getting baptized as a declaration of my faith in Jesus Christ, that he was beaten and mocked on the cross and chose to die for me and my sins so that I might have a relationship with him, and I want to walk in obedience and continue to pursue him and do what is pleasing to him and his kingdom. Jessa because of your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, it's my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Next we have Kira Talene. Hi, my name is Kira Talene, and I'm here to testify of what the Lord has done in my life. I grew up in a Christian home where we attended church on Sunday mornings and church activities on a regular basis. From a young age, I was taught the basics of Christianity. While I knew things about God, I didn't have a true understanding of the gospel or a right understanding of my sin. In seventh grade, I was afraid of going to hell, so I prayed a prayer, thinking that's what would secure my spot in heaven. Yet I never felt repentant of my sin. I didn't want to deny myself or give up my worldly desires. Nothing in my life changed. I had no fruit in my life and had no putting off of sin and putting on Christ-likeness. I didn't care about my pursuit in holiness. My security was found in a prayer I prayed and that I had a Christian family. As I went on into high school, I was living a complete double life. I called myself a believer and knew all the right things to say. Yet in secret, I was truly living in darkness, and I was completely okay with it. I was concerned with being most liked by people, involved in immoral lust, 
full sins. I was prideful, angry, and completely disrespectful to any authority, especially my parents, but ultimately didn't care about the authority of God. My mind was filled with perversion, which flowed out of my mouth, crude and perverse conversation with the group of people I most hung out with. I had little to no desire to have a relationship with Christ or to repent and turn away from my sin. I was truly dead in my sin. I had no intentions of seeking God, as it says in Romans 3:10 through 11. No one is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. And Ephesians 2, 1. You are dead in your trespasses and sins. It wasn't until the beginning of summer, going into my senior year, that God opened my eyes to my sin and the ugliness of my sin through reading his perfect, holy, and true word, the Bible. I was ashamed of the life I was living and felt a huge weight of guilt because of the sin in my life. I knew there was nothing I could do on my own to save myself. I knew that only the work of God could save me out of the bondage of my sins. It says in Ephesians 2.8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. By the grace of God, he drew me in and gave me the faith to believe that he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die the death I deserved. Christ lived the perfect life that I could never, and then took my place, carrying the penalty of my sins to the cross. Colossians 2.13-14 says, and you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He was my substitute. Romans 3.25 says, God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. Because of this, I am forgiven and now reconciled. Colossians 1, 21 through 22, and you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, so that in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him, God opened the eyes of my heart and gave a true heart of repentance and a rightful grief of my sin, as 2 Corinthians seven ten says, for godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret. I am now covered in Christ's righteousness. Philippians 3.9 states, Being found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness of God that depends on faith. I am no longer who I once was, and that's only by the work of Christ. As it says in 1 Corinthians 6.11, And such were some of you, but you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Because of Christ's regenerate work in my heart, my desires have now changed. I no longer desire worldly passions, but now have a desire to pursue holiness, as the Lord commands of us in Leviticus 11.45. You shall therefore be holy, as I am holy. I now desire to put off the old self and put on, the, put on Christ-likeness, as Colossians 3.5 says, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. And Ephesians 4.22-24. Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. With the help of the Spirit, I am continually being sanctified. Romans 8.13 says, If by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. I now desire to have fellowship with fellow believers and desire to serve his church. 
God has shown me what true joy and satisfaction is and where it's found. It is found in him. Psalm 1611, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Kira, it's because of your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.